Dad Pod. This is a video thing as well. I have a name. Podcast. Midlife crisis. Howdy, daddy. Midlife crisis. Dadcast. That's not bad, actually. All right, you're very welcome along to a very special edition of Dadcast because uh, we've got a guest with us, and this week it's Gordon Darcy, who's just written Gordon's Game, Six Nations, One Boy, One Big Dream. It's it's actually an autobiography, right? Yeah, well, I think the um, uh, obviously uh, the co-author uh, Paul Howard, who has an incredible turn of phrase, uh, someone. The first time this question kind of came up is that, well, it's semi-autobiographical-ish, wink, wink, nod, nod. Right. <laughs> so it's trying to understand which bits are accurate. Um, I think the easiest way to put it, everything in the book is is based on a grain of sand and a grain of, sorry, grain of truth. Some of them have um, more grains than others. Fair which enough. Which is yeah. highly embarrassing um, <laughs> on many, on many levels. Dis- disassociate yourself with. There's, the there's, very, there's, there's nothing I can disassociate <laughs> myself from. He's the autobiography. <laughs> oh! Oh, it was too early. <laughs> I like all autobiographies. It's your truth. Oh, my truth. I don't know what that means. Um, no, like, it's like my my experiences down through rugby. We try like we spend so much time planning for the book that we tried to be. We were originally going to be kind of not slavish, but we we're going to track my career and then. The story part of it needed to be because it is a book for eight to twelve year olds. So right, yeah. uh, the story needed to be. We needed to. There were some big jumps in it. You know, you've got a young boy that represents the senior team in his school's team, and then represents Ireland very in a short period of time. So we had to, you know, set the set the I suppose the the rules and the environment that that are in the book. Um, I think Paul refers to it as breaking down the fourth wall. Once we had set them, that was the hardest bit of it because the story is there to tell. There's so many ups and downs in my career that we kind of were able to pick and choose which bits of it to, to put in because really you got to put 18, career, 18 years into you know six matches. For eight to 12-year-olds is the, is the big decision here. <clears throat> Pardon me, and I haven't really seen this done before where... Um, so recently we've seen great innovation in how people tell their story in autobiographical form. Um, thinking of Rio Ferdinand's, there's just these kind of ellipses of, of events. There's no, it doesn't track in any way. It's just this thing happened to me and then this other story happened to me. There's no beginning, middle and end. Uh, Dennis Burkamp went and interviewed a load of people who, sorry, his author went and interviewed a load of people and then brought the information back to Dennis going, this guy thinks you're a bit of a, what do you think of him? So this decision to go and write a story as a kid for, uh, for kids books, as a book for kids, where did that come from? Um, well, the... The, the, the idea um, originated when I was out with my sister uh, and I was taking the kids and they were kind of just up in the forest and we were kind of having a run around and she kind of, a, a throwaway comment, but it was, you know, you should write a, a children's book for Bardstown. And that's generally where, genuinely where, where it started. And by the end of it, I kind of had this idea rummaging around in my head and it kind of came to a certain point and I was like, okay, there actually might be something in here. And I knew that I couldn't take this any further, so I needed somebody else to bring it uh, to the next stage, whatever that might be. Um, so I got in contact with Paul Howard and left him a message. And he would tell me later that um, his initial reaction was, I thought I was ringing, he thought I was ringing him to to do an autobiography. And he was like, how do I get out of this? <laughs> <laughs> so eventually, when he did return my call and I pitched him the idea, he said he could already see the like, uh, you know, he could already see the the story unfolding and where it was going to go to. We went to his uh, went to his literary agent, uh, Faith O'Grady, who was incredible, and she just went, "Listen, I know exactly who this is going to." And she went to Penguin. They believed in it and they got into it, and the thing just kind of it, it snowballed. It snowballed from there. Yeah. So him getting involved is obviously quite important because he's incredibly creative. Do you feature in the Ross books at various stages? I'm sure I have given. Um, 
uh, Ross Carl Kelly. Sorry, I know I have because Ross Carl Kelly is a parody of South County Dublin um, uh, at its at its end, early stages, and I'm pretty sure I featured very heavily. <laughs> at, <laughs> Did you have a pair of boots? Yeah, I did have a pair of boots, um, and if you show that on thing, I don't have it. I don't have it. May go across I the desk here. Maybe maybe Henry Sellers moment here. Yeah. So no, I just what I what I love about Paul Howard is like he's like well he does get pigeonholed with the Rossi Carl Kelly. Like he's a sports journalist, and like his 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 way of communicating with the Irish population that people read his books they like it doesn't matter if you're from Dublin or you're from Cork everybody it, it kind of resonates with his style of writing because it, it it makes you feel like it's not you it's somebody else that he's making fun of yeah um, and I just love how he how he writes so I didn't I couldn't think past him so I needed him to get on board with this because I was struggling to think of anybody else that could capture what was in my head and help help bring it to life. So the idea of a book for kids kind of comes from your sister. It's a great idea. Yeah, yeah. And then like you know you're 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 you know we all have kids now and um you're kind of you're a little bit prepositioned to that and like Julia Donaldson and like you know I yeah. I don't need those books anymore. I can pretty much act them out and yeah. <laughs> moving on to Oi Cat and all these different things. So like you're just it's it's just there and it seemed like a it seemed thing because uh, like the main thing was you know I'm retired four years like 2015 World Cup. Um, I know cathartic read our need to write a autobiography. Um, no, so no uh, dirt to dish. No not, scores yeah, to no, settle. Like I had a I had a really nice career. Played for eighteen years. Didn't get the finish I wanted, but. You know, but I have very little to complain. Other than, and I've, I've nothing to complain about. I look back with probably rose-tinted glasses on it. Probably not that interesting a story because it's mirrored with a lot of other people's stories, and you're just set, telling it through a slightly different lens. And you either write a really book on the same lens, or you write your genuine perspective, which would probably annoy a lot of people. And you know, Ireland's too small for that kind of thing. Yeah. Oh, so you probably do have to annoy people with. Yeah, but like you know, twenty people, like thirty people, look out a window. They're all going to see thirty different things. Yeah. Everyone's experience mm-hmm. is very different. And my challenges, um, which were actually reflected in the book, are a little bit different than other people's. So, like you know, struggling to fit in, um, you know, being over eager, being trying to get attention by being the loudest in the room rather than like those little things. They're challenges that every kid, forty faces. year olds, forty year olds, Jay's going into new works. Like it doesn't matter what you're what walk of life you're in, it just happens to be an easier lens for children to, to, to understand. As Jerry Fanley pointed out during the during the World Cup, he said there is a is an, there is a lovely irony in the fact you've written uh, <laughs> you've written about a, a book for you know eight to twelve year olds, which kind of gives an insight into the mentality you had for most of your <laughs> rugby playing career. How do you put yourself in the like in the the voice of an eight to twelve year old? Like what's the how do you communicate on their level when you're Trying to sit down yourself and Paul to map this out or to write it. Um, I think th- like that was you know mostly Paul's challenge, and I think the way we looked at it was if you try to suggest that writing for uh, a children's audience is easier, it's actually harder because language has to be very succinct. You have to you have to understand your audience, and that took a while. So we did get some feedback from children along the way. Right. With books we were saying and stuff that we could, so the same thing, you know, confirmation bias or, you know, not being able to see the wood from the trees, whatever way you want to look at it, we were too close from it. And kids pointing out a little bit of fault in our logic and saying, oh, well, how come Gordon was able to do that to that, but not able to go from there to there? And you're like, okay. So you understand how a child's mind works in a, in, in, in some ways. And that was the biggest challenge, understanding which way the, um, how you set the, like the world that, um, 
you know, the, that Gordon exists in in this, why he can go and play for the senior team. And you have to explain the logic behind that and then the logic behind him going straight into the international team. And once you set the logic, you don't question it. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it flows on from there. So, but, and this is why you know, this would only ever been an idea if Paul hadn't have gotten on board with it. What's I cat? It's a kids' book. Right. It's coming your way. You, is you it? Get there, what's you the, get what there. age? What age groups is there? What's the? Last three, four, five, maybe. Right. Are we instant? What is it? Oi cat. Oi cat and oi frog. Right. We don't have. Yeah. Oh, what's the? Are they good? No. Like they're all good the first time. Yeah. So the genius. <laughs> three months of reading the same book every <laughs> night later. It's the twenty-fifth. The twenty. It's the twenty-fifth. The twenty-fifth reciting of it or version of yeah. In an evening. That room and the broom and that. You need to get into a book swapping cycle. We we're very lucky. We have older cousins who just hand it down. So we like this massive library of stuff that you never have to Like Eva went into Eason's and I. She must come out with like twenty books and put them all down. And they went straight past the twenty books, looked at them, said, "Yeah, that's fine." Went straight back over to the one they want, right. which is just like <laughs> I find some of them. <clears throat> like you're trying to get a bit of a sense of it. Obviously, when you're in the bookshop or you get a recommendation or whatever. But some of them, we've got a couple that are just weird. Like there's one of them about this penguin who, this kid who finds a lost penguin. Oh, lost and found. Lost and found. Yeah, yeah. It's the weirdest Oliver Jeffers story. Yeah, I like, like it. It's Oliver Jeffers is amazing. Depressing. Like uh, it's so sad. Like it doesn't. Why does it need to be so fucking sad? Like it's his life can be sad. Age, no, right? but I know that. But like, <laughs> my son is like three years old. I don't need to tell him about how sad. It's like you know it, yeah. he goes off and he gets like yeah, the boy thinks he's bringing home. him back to the Antarctic, and then they get there, and then he's like, oh, "I'll see you later," and then, and then they find out their friends, and, friend, then and then they have they, a hug. And the penguin ultimately goes back away from the Antarctic. It's like the snowman goes home. No, ultimately the snowman story there melts. By the end, this, have you seen the? You've seen. The I understand snowman. what happens with yeah, dies. There's a he sadness, dies. yeah. But the journey is. I just thought it was nice. a bit needless. Also, the art is amazing. It's, no, it's lovely. But I mean, my son is three. He doesn't give a shit about the art. He, he likes the pictures. The I'm done, yeah. <laughs> what are, did you get? A, did you get a sense during this and probably the research that was done around it? Did you get a sense of what kids want from books? Um, like, are they looking for a happy ending? Are they? <laughs> Why are you laughing? <laughs> I mean, what, is, what a question! <laughs> um, no, there is a, there is a, there is a, uh, there is a, a flow to books at this age that they, it's like a, it's not a, not a template, but there is a resolution, a story to it. Yeah, there yeah. needs to be a resolution. Yeah. There is the, you know, the the story. Then all is lost, and then the potential redemption. What happens from it there? And then if it's a series, does the you know, do you how you how you um, line it in for the for the next one? Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> ah, lad. Whatever it's gone. It's Whatever it's gone. No, it's fifteen points two in there. Go on. No, it's not like the happy ending is probably the wrong word. Is there a moral in it? Unintentionally. Let me ask that question. Yeah, unintentionally, yes. Um, but there, like it is because you know it being reasonably uh, mirroring my career, and there was you know I, for, I had to fortunately had to learn very a lot of lessons, but I did learn from them, um, and then helped me stay playing professional rugby. Obviously, one very young at like nineteen, again after breaking my arm, and then you know into my thirties, having to change my game, reflect, and try and get information into it, and that you know you, even if you make mistakes, you can people will give you another chance, and you can you can keep going. So that was you know something that. Inadvertently came out in the book, and um, 
parents reading the parents will like that about it because you know but how do you teach resilience to kids it's very, it's very hard yeah mm. especially when they're like bawling and you're like oh, this is actually good for you in the long run but ultimately yeah, we were in, right like, now, in one of the schools and you know and they're saying listen this is something we're trying to we're trying to raise and they're going it's okay to make a mistake yeah um, so you know uh, <laughs> I think that was by Paul smiled and like with, with my story when it was like once we got the idea and he was like okay it's not your autobiography he knew my story because it's been so well documented I've had so many cock ups in my, in my career that um, it's been well documented and well read and he was like this story makes a lot of sense a lot of fun and then when I told him about what I was like growing up in Wexford and in Tlongos he was like this makes even more sense <laughs> um, were you wild? spirited I think is the technical term <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, my parents, um, so my mum and dad are reading it now and they kind of are smiling because, um, yeah, they had to deal with uh, a fair old brunt of it. What kind of stuff? Well, it's, I suppose, like, the devil makes work for idle hands. I would be that kid where you'd walk into a room, like, you know, when, you, when you've got our own kids and you put them into a room and you go, this is, this is okay, I can go to the toilet or I can go and get a cup of tea. Fatal mistake, but go on, yeah. And then come back and you're just like, Wow. You did that. Yeah. There is no way I could possibly have conceived you would do that. I'd be that kid. Yeah. Okay. For up until right the way up until I was like, what, 23 or something. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so how does that outlook then impact on your... Because like, that's definitely something I think we all sort of... Obviously, uh, moving from a kid into the experiences, uh, you, you become a different person over a period of time, ideally, at some point or another. But does this make you tolerant of your own children well, doing this, yeah, or does it make like you... The, oh, you the context of, sake, of knowing that me. you were that kid at some point, does that... Well, I, I actually had a, a, a reverse moment on that, where my mum was over, and I was kind of, you know, looking for a bit of, you know, empathy from my mum. And I was like, oh, you know, he's doing this, this, that, and other, completely, completely forgotten all the stuff that I've done. I'm just going, oh, isn't my life so tough with having to, you know, with a very good child just trying to juggle everything in and he's, you know, he's, he's very good. And my mum just kind of smiled and looked at me and just went, you know what, you were literally 20 times worse than him. And I, I wasn't actually, I wasn't there going like smiling, I was actually going, I felt really sorry for my mum. Yeah. <laughs> she's just there going, like I'm, you know, he's, yeah. you know, he's, he's hard to, he's hard to, he's hard to, he's hard to manage sometimes. Um, and I was just there going, wow, Yeah. Fair play to you, Peg. Yeah. We, we definitely, like, one a thing that we come back to regularly is the change in relationship that having kids gives you with your own parents, that you're suddenly asking them a bunch of questions that you wouldn't have even considered before. And the, like, level of communication that I've certainly found that it would have opened up at my parents that I would have been having a lot of that, like, Jesus Christ, you really are a proper saint. Have you found that, that it sort yeah. of opened up a lot of different avenues? Yeah, yeah, like, uh, like... And then you've also the other side. You see the other side of your grand of the grandparents, and you're just like, you, you know, they're spoiling grandkids because like. Mm. And then you're just like, you never did that with me. What's this person? <laughs> <laughs> you know, my dad's my dad is a completely different person around his kids. But then he's just there going like, well, he's now a grandfather, so he's just there like, my job is just to spoil these kids. Exactly, and it's your job to pick up the pieces afterwards. And I was like, ah, oh, thanks for much. <laughs> yeah, he's entitled to do that now because he's yeah, he's, yeah, he's uh, I've done this. His work's yeah, over, as you yeah. said. Like you're you're off the balance sheet now, so yeah. Hmm. He can be. He can be the good one. Yeah. So like the relationship completely changes, but I think like it's it's a, like for the better, and it's like it's fun, and you know you kind of like, but it does give you like a, an insight, and also kind of shows you it's a lot of what you what you don't know, mm. um, and that no, and the, also I think the big thing is your parents don't can't give you a, oh this is exactly how you do it. They kind of give you their experiences, and then you realise actually nobody really knows, and they're just doing the best they can, which is kind of yeah. a nice place to be. Nobody is a famous quote. Nobody knows anything. 
like I think about life generally, I think it absolutely applies to parenthood. Like these yeah. schmucks here would sort of give you chapter and verse about what you know the uh, correct way to parent. Excuse me, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? That's a, a complete lie. Uh, we we do the exact opposite. You've got a boy and a girl, is that right? Yeah. yeah. How? What's the difference? How do you find that? Um, well, I mean, so my daughter's older, so she's uh, she's four. That was so. pretty lucky, right? Because at least there's a calming influence on the madness that comes after. I would argue. <sighs> we went girl, girl, boy. So so she's um, yeah, she's. Just, she's there's very little difference between the two of them. They're okay, both, so they're both mental, right? Yeah, they're both. Uh, yeah, they just like being running a lot and That's climbing great. stuff and yeah. breaking stuff and running some more and yeah, attacking the dog and like our dog's not small, right? <laughs> yeah, so the dog fight back. Yeah, <laughs> he's uh, he's he, play, he plays a game plays a game with them. I've got plenty of footage where he's pinning them down. <laughs> I love that you're standing with your phone. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it, didn't start, it didn't start that way. It started as like, oh, look at the game they're playing. They're chasing each other. And then one of them will fall over and he'll just pin them and do something else to them then. And it's like, ah, I have that say for your 18th birthday. <laughs> but yeah, they're just like, they, there's no difference between them. Like she is, she's a girl. She's much more, you know, uh, organised and um, you know much more into make believe and things like that and probably that's probably the age side of things and he's just like picks up like uh, you know a car and just go around bashing it off yeah stuff. he's just like can I break this I was like he's just like why and he's just there like and he's just like big smile on his head and he's like this is fun and he's just like breaking stuff and yeah. he's like wow and then she'll tell him to stop and then it'll all kick off and yeah somebody will end up with that kick from 300 yeah just over the well you know the foot up and he just gives that <laughs> into the chest <laughs> That's so the worst thing about them getting older, because my two lads are seven and six now. The damage is real. The damage is real, and the reaction yeah. now, the slightest thing, the older lad, like, proper thumps, but if the younger lad moves in the wrong direction at the wrong time, it's not a thump in the back, it's a thump right in the jaw. Yeah, so like, Do Mal- I get angry Malikelli, about this or just let them at it? Yeah, Malakelli's got three boys, and, like, obviously Mal's not a small man, and <laughs> they're not going to be small boys. Um, Patrick, Dylan, and Kean, and it's just great crack watching them. Because they are just killing each other. No, no, not as, like I'm sure they do when I'm there. They, they don't, but they're just like a force of nature. Like it's like a it's like a hurricane coming through of energy, and they're all just like big smiles in the face, running through. Hey, 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 boys, <laughs> real, and just gone. It's like it's like mal, mal with energy. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what just happened? <laughs> you had your kids at the end of your career. Is that right? In, yeah. Like, so like, uh, what my you know. Uh, Final game of rugby um, against Scotland for the 2015 World Cup, which was probably one of my worst games of rugby, was mildly offset. Well, I was massively offset by having to lay there. So right. that was my last game, her first. Thought it was a fitting end. How old was she at that stage? Just born? Yeah, she was born in May um, that year or so. Uh, but that was months. late August, early, early... Sorry, late July, early August. Um, and one of my worst, worst games of rugby. Right. Body was gone at that stage. Just couldn't do it anymore. That ah, uh, like you know, I looked at the video uh, after the match and went into Mur- Murphy was like flicking through the video and I was like, because we did, uh, it was back when we, you know, we're doing the, you know, the Joe Schmidt plays off of first phase where it's like, you know, really good hit up and then three or four multi phase and then like the Great Red Sea opens. Nobody really knew what we were doing and I was still like, this happened for me. I came off a scrum and I was like going through. All you do is catch the ball and like run sixty meters and score it. I was like, yeah, this might be <laughs> on the plane to England, brilliant. And I got cut down from kind of behind, and it was just like, 
uh, you know, that, that must have been a covered winger or something like that. And then I look at the video and it's like, you know, a loose head prop gets up, <laughs> walks to the next rook, and catches me from the standing start. <laughs> and it was like, you know, on the call, which, like, afterwards, Joe, which I was like, yeah, I really thought you were going to make it to the line. I was like, yeah, so did I. <laughs> so that was the uh, that was the end of it. And uh, I, having a baby, did it have any impact on like arriving at that point? Because I definitely remember not being able to do things after the first child was born that you were kind of taking for granted, like risk-taking. You stop taking risks in a way. You suddenly are conscious of the fact that you're responsible for this other living thing and you're now fully in charge of I making sure what that risks you were taking. <laughs> <laughs> really like, I, I, when you said there was things I used to before I had children that I no longer do as much, I think we all knew what you were saying, but uh, <laughs> what sort of risks were you taking? <laughs> Just general, like, I'm not going to take any risks. For a period of time, there's definitely like a whoa. What, like you used like, you know, use, like uh, traffic lights to cross the road and stuff? <laughs> <laughs> Stop and press the button, wait for the light to go green, you know? Um, no, like, if anything, I do... Um, think I would have loved to have had them earlier because being a professional athlete uh, affords you a lot of time with the years with children where you're never going to get back. Yeah. I think, I think like if most people are honest, anyone that's reasonably close with their children would love to be able to spend a bit more time with them when they're at this age, which is, you know, you know the formative years, whatever it is, but the, the years where they actually don't need anything from you other than your, uh, your company. Um, and it's quite hard then because you know there's an economic reality to life and everything. But you know, being being an, uh, an athlete does afford you those times where you kind so of. Actually, if you had them in your early twenties, you've had those time with them. Yeah, yeah. like like Keith Earls had kids uh, quite uh, quite young, and he was you know, and he's still, he's playing. His kids are old, and uh, Rory Best as well. Oh no, Rory's nearly fifty. Um, <laughs> um, but like those guys, um, when you are playing, you know, once you get through the like, there is a a tough bit yeah. with with children. I don't think anybody would ever. Uh, so it, it isn't sleepless nights and everything, but the uh, when you get into that that bit where the, like where my kids are now, I'd love to be you know finishing at a three o'clock on a or two o'clock on a on a Tuesday, having a down day on a Wednesday, and knowing like I've got two pretty fun little people to 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 to, to hang out with. Yeah. Um, so that would that's apart from that. Now it's just like you know we try to spend as much time at the at the weekends doing that, and it's it's just a different a different way of doing it. Yeah, it's funny because obviously um, Alex Ferguson always wanted his players to get married young and have kids young to settle down in retrospect it was probably a good thing for them as well I didn't, I'd never thought about that you do have a lot of free time as an athlete that you're supposed to be resting but obviously it's not very restful winding two young kids yeah well I think well, I, I, once, w- yeah, once you get over that once you get over that bit you know the, where you can actually occupy them and now as you say like we're you know, laughing and reading books and stuff like that it's, it's hardly taxing reading yeah. <laughs> reading a book and doing drawing, or having uh, what you call a uh, doll's house is the is the bit. It's like uh, you kind of have to get to that place in your head where you're going. I need to actually enjoy doll's house, um, or it's going to be a long two hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Make believe for yourself. Yeah, just like just like, getting into it because it's like the last thing you want is like you know someone going like, "Daddy, come on, come on." You're just like, "Okay, right, just." Who, what, who am I, where are my characters? Pour yourself in. Yeah, just go for it. Trying to be present in the moment is a thing, isn't it? Like it's, you know what I mean? Like particularly when you're, I suppose, I, would, I guess it applies to when you're an athlete as well, but like trying to forget about all the stuff that's going on in your life that day to actually be there and be involved at the doll's house. Yeah, it's very easy. Like when, again, when you're an athlete, you can't bring your phone into the gym. Like, and plenty of people did try to. And it's just like, at some point you're just there like, this has to stop. Mm. Like phones stay in the changing room. 
we're not, let's try not bring them to meetings. And if we went off in a meeting, like you get a fine, this kind of stuff. So we're just mm -hmm. like, on the, you need we need everybody to to be uh, attention attention here when you're on, and you obviously can't have them in a, in a game. So, like. I think the phone thing is, you know, it's a big bugbear of mine, particularly because it's it's always there, it's always active. Even when you turn the thing off, it seems to beep at you. Yeah. Um, it's like clicks into the Wi-Fi or something, and it's just so distracting. And the things are designed that when they click, you obviously you just can't forget about them. You're just That's like, right, yeah. Oh, it's it knows away. It's over there. It's yeah, over there. Yeah. So it, like, it's hard, and everybody would love to aspire to it, but the things are addictive as hell. Mm. Um, and then your kids are looking at you, going, "Why aren't you doing this with me?" So it's yeah. A, it's a constant battle. Our five-year-old yesterday announced that uh, they've got tablets in school, as in, like, mm. they even have tablets in school and we don't have them. I'm well, like, I was at a talk last night, which we might come back to again, which was all around for the parents in the school, around um, phones and social media and scared the living daylights out of everyone. And one of the parents did raise the point of, well, our school's not more and more going to iPads, that they're getting rid of books. And the guy giving the talk was pointing out, well, actually, a lot of schools did that and are now going back again yeah. because they've realised that it's regardless if it's educational, yeah. like the backlight the on process. the iPad is the problem as much as quite often the content is obviously not great. But even if they're just reading educational material, the backlight is doing huge so saying, like Even the dexterity of holding a pen, like, mm -hmm. how do you like handwriting, kids that don't even think. Oh, like that whole thing, like it scares the, I'm hope, like we're a little bit away from that yet. Um, but yeah, like I'm happy to. I'm quite. A, I can be quite belligerent. I'm kind of happy to be the the dinosaur and the. All oh, my friends have one. I don't care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dad, <laughs> unfortunately, because it just like it just scares the the dimming daylights out of me. You see a lot of people coming back from Japan and they're talking. They've got texting lanes and people are walking. What? Just like really? So what, you don't bump into each other. Or? Yeah. So if you're walking, you can just walk in the thing, so you know people aren't going to walk into you. So the one direction. Mm. Wow. That's really good, actually. <laughs> <laughs> they also have people with shovels pushing them on. Do we get them on the Lewis as well? Yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not bad idea either. <laughs> uh, Gordon, the book—it's obviously something you have to live with after you you write it. You pour your heart and soul into it, and then it comes out, and then you've got to go and tell everybody about it. So, what's that process like? Has it been good to relive it and go through that all that again? Yeah, like I think, like um, I suppose I, I didn't realize it would be as. As, as as much as 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 it is, which yeah. is a, which is a, quite, actually a reasonably good complaint. So we've been into schools and we've done some kind of show and tells in schools. We've reenacted a few of the scenes, um, and that and that and it's been really really well received. Anyone that's read it has been re it has been well received. Does that come naturally to you, or is that something you have to kind of like swallow hard and go, yeah, I'm going to do let's do this. I can do this. Yeah, it's not like very like you know most things. Um, anything to do with any sort of media or anything like that is not natural to me so I kind of have to gear myself up to it just mentally and just go okay need to get ready for this um, and embrace it and just and, and go after it and a like, bit like playing with Doll's House for two hours yes absolutely you just play a character right yeah. but the whole like, writing the book was actually really fun because I got to you know think back because it's, it's three chapters it's obviously growing up with my family the next family in Clongos uh, which is you know, a big part of my life and you know we had our 20-year reunion and there was like 60-something out of 72 at the 20-year reunions. We're quite a tight uh, group of guys. And then with next family, we're just playing rugby for 18 years um, and trying to weave that, weave that story into it. And really enjoyable looking back. As the first time you probably do, you always hear the athletes saying, like, oh, you tend not to look back, you're always going forward, always going forward. I've stopped now, so I kind of look back at it and, and this, that process was really, really enjoyable. And uh, some stuff I've, like, 
you know, meeting the lads from school and from rugby and telling me about this story, this story, 80% of them can't go into a children's book, um, <laughs> but funny nonetheless, and then yeah. trying to trying to see how we could weave them in, maybe for future ones, because um, we have to start work on the on the next one now. So there is, a, there is a second, there's a sequel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, you obviously haven't read it because uh, at the end of it there, Joe Schmidt comes into the end of it. But that's fine. I won't. I won't. <laughs> I won't, I won't uh, and a third book as well. Yes. Uh, somebody read the brief. <laughs> <laughs> no, we Paul. We Paul. We Paul I, was, I was just thinking. Did he tell us that off air or on air? <laughs> Paul Howard was at a show with us recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a, li- a book about the lions. Yes, we have to do uh, Leinster next, and then one with the lions the, the year after. It won't be New Zealand. And so this, <laughs> one, this one's for eight to twelve. Is the next one for twelve to sixteen? Is that how no, it goes? No, so, so it's, the, they'll um, all be eight to twelve. Yeah. So the 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 character will remain uh, age. So we do, we've kind of aged age out of it. So it's we've kind of removed age from it. So this is the this is the universe. It exists. A bit like the Simpsons. Stories happen, yeah, and the character, of, yeah, yeah, Roy the Rovers, that kind of thing, he stays the same age. No one questions. So it's it. a long-term commitment, then. Well, hopefully it is. Yeah, Penguin are Penguin have been brilliant the right the way through it. Um, uh, Louise sitting outside, who's been an absolute uh, legend right the right way through it. Um, and yeah, so they they're they're hopeful that it'll be it'll be successful. And you know, let's get through these three and see is there is there more in it then. Well, listen, congratulations on it. It's called Gordon's Game, and it's available in all good bookshops and all the rubbish ones too. Uh, Gordon Darcy, thanks very much. Congratulations. Thanks, guys. Well done. Cheers. Good stuff. Good. Thanks very much. Cheers. That was some question. Okay, Your face! <laughs> that is definitely being taken out. Yeah, 100%. Your face! Is like, I was like, <laughs> like, where are you going with this? What? I didn't think everybody got the <laughs> connotation except you.